0: Today, we are, we are here, we are in this room for the cause of victory. People did not bleed and die on battlefields so that you would be defeated. Am I right? They did not bleed and die so we would be defeated. In fact, they would love this truth. That we are here in this house celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ. They would love, come on, how many know that they would love that? They, in fact, they do. They love this. Uh, we are here for this truth. Not only are we victorious, but we will continually be victorious. Not only have we been victorious, but we will continue to walk in victories. Anybody with me on this? No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not giving you some false hope and false promises. That's not what I'm doing. I, I'm not here. I don't, I don't need you to vote for me. I'm telling you that we are victorious according to God's word. And we will continue to be victorious. I have shared and we have shared stories of individuals who have died in battle. And so many stories. So, so many Amazing stories of people that, that, that died and their their deaths were not in vain. Amen? Their deaths were not in vain. But there's also stories in the Word of God about spiritual warriors. If you've ever looked in Hebrews 11, it doesn't talk about individuals so much initially about individuals that had swords in their hands, but it talks about people like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and uh, talks about individuals in the Old Testament. But then he gets to this place, and it sounds like a preacher because... He says, time would fail me to tell of. Anybody ever heard that? It's like, it's like he looked at the clock and said, and I, I, can't, I can't write all this right now. Time would fail me to tell of everything. And he says this. He says of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, through, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, and became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. You like that? So what he's saying is, here's a few, but this is representative of thousands of individuals. Now if you read all of Hebrews eleven, you'll also hear where he just stops, and you know, since Shayla brought up uh, you know, get out of bed, woman, you know, and since she brought that up Uh, He also speaks of women who received their dead back to them. So the suggestion is is that there, that, that there there were women who somebody had passed and they just walked in the power of God to the individuals that died and said, no, in Jesus' name, you're not finished yet. That kind of amazing story. Anybody ever read Hebrews 11 before? Have you ever read it? It's a powerful teaching. Now, When when you read this, we're talking about spiritual warriors. So the Bible is full of stories of spiritual warriors. And in Matthew chapter 25, in the teaching on the parable of the talents, uh, the Bible says that the Lord eventually looks to those who had invested and reinvested and used what he had gave them for his glory. And, And he says this, the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. How many like the word well done? Anybody like that? I'm not talking about your steak on a Memorial Day party. I'm talking about when I say well done, that you have done things well that you have sacrificed that you would you did not quit that that you even even when the world seemed to be turning against you you did not give up you like that I mean for myself one day when I see the Lord I want to get a well done anybody with me on this I I want the Lord to look at me and not say hey, nice try you know wish you'd have paid attention I I would prefer him to say to be able to honestly say to me well done, good and faithful servant. Now that's important because what you're doing right now is going to impact others. Do you understand this? You are here. Thank you for being in this room. I, come on, give yourself a hand for being at church on a Memorial Day weekend Sunday. Now I love all those other people who skipped church today. No, uh, no, I love them. I don't be sarcastic about that. I, I know that sometimes people travel and people are doing things, but, but I want you to hear what I'm saying. What you do matters. That you are here is making an impact not only on yourself, but others in the room and on people that are not here. You are going to have an impact on them. And let me, let me give you an example of this. You are sitting in a room that you did not build. You are sitting in a house that you did not build. You are sitting on land that you did not acquire. You parked in a parking space that someone else before you made it. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? Just practically. Does that make sense? Like, you know, I've told you some of the history. You know, years ago, there was a small group, a, a Bible study uh, that took place out on 14th Street, and a guy named Troy and his wife Nell Simmons uh, were a part of that particular group. And Troy and Nell were founding pastors of what was known as Virginia Beach Church of God. Troy and Nell loved them. I knew them personally as I came to pastor the church. They were retired and living in the area, and uh, I, I was there the day that Troy died. I was sitting right next to his bed, and 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 prayed with him. And and while I was praying and reading the word, he just stopped breathing and went on to heaven and he wasn't even expected to die that day. It was just the word was too good, and he left. And, uh, but, but Troy and Nell, great men and women of God. And the second pastor of the church, Paul, and his wife, Virginia your Dear personal friends, I've had lunch, dinner with them numerous times. Paul and Virginia, some of the greatest people. I spoke at both of their funerals. I was, uh, I was literally a Paul bearer for Paul. That was kind of weird, but I was, all right? I was Paul, Paul. I don't know how to say that, but it was funny. Anyway... Uh, Paul and Virginia, some of the finest, most godly people I know of people today that are serving God as leaders uh, around the, uh, around the state. Uh, that he and Virginia would go because it was just a few people in a church, and he and Virginia would drive down the road and pick them up and bring them to the house of God. I'm thinking of Paul and Virginia. I'm thinking of others though as well. You know, uh, 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 Red and Ree Phelps. I mean, who names their guy their son Red anyway? But Red and Ree. Uh, If you know Jennifer uh, Boone, you know Jennifer Boone, you know Linda Latta. Linda Latta's mom and dad, Red and Ree were founding trustees. In fact, they signed the paperwork that bought this particular piece of land. Uh, I knew both of them. I preached both of their funerals. Uh, he, they were dear, dear friends of mine. I was at their house. I, I remember going to Red's house. They moved out to Moyoc. Anybody know where Moyoc is? Anybody had a house in Moyoc? And Red had been not feeling very well. So, me and a few members, we drove to Moyoc, North Carolina, just to worship with him because he couldn't go to church anymore. He was laying still on the bed until we started worshiping Jesus. And suddenly, Red went, whoa, and jumped up off the bed and danced all the way around the room. It was. It was just a great moment, all right? You had to be there. But uh, but read and read. And when I talk about individuals like that, some of those you don't relate to, but, but you do know that uh, up until 2015, one of our great lead, some of our great leaders were Stephen Charlotte Voliva. Anybody remember Mom and Pop? Lift your hand if you remember Mom and Pop Voliva. Now, there was a time that if you came to this church, you knew Stephen Charlotte. That's just the way life was. But But uh, for years and years, if there was ever a a building need or something, I just, Steve and Charlotte. Steve and and Charlotte were some of the elders that asked me to assume the pastorate when I assumed it, uh, Labor Day, 1989. So uh, I'm I'm telling you, great, great people. You know, folks like uh, uh, Cindy Martin, who also passed during that time, uh, who one time was our children's pastor. All I'm telling you is here we are today, and we didn't get here by ourselves. All right, There were some people that made some decisions. I was thinking about Pop and the decisions that he made. There was a day when Pop made a decision to serve the Lord Jesus. But before he made it, there was a guy named Jesse Voliva. Jesse gave his life to Jesus. Jesse and Helen, I knew both Jesse and Helen, preached both of their services when they passed. But Jesse, Steve Voliva's father, was a personal friend of mine. He put me in his car one day and drove me around Virginia Beach and showed me how this particular ministry began. He was a dear and a loving and a godly man. And and so when I think about individuals, I want you to know that there are some people that have been faithful, that had a well done, I believe, when they entered into the glories of God. And for me, I also want to have a well done. One day, I don't want to just see two or three people come to the kingdom of God because of my declaration of faith. I want to see hundreds and thousands upon thousands of people come to the kingdom. I want my children and my children's children. Does that make sense? I want them to know and serve the living God that we know and serve. I could go on and on about individuals that have been faithful, but I just want to give you this, Okay. Also, there have been individuals over the last year or so that have passed. And on this day, not only do I want to recognize those who who died in military service, I want to recognize individuals who have died in spiritual service. And I want to say to you today on your way out the door, if a loved one has passed, somebody that's on your heart and you want to walk outside and, and plant, there are white crosses that are laying outside in a basket. Pick up one of those crosses and walk out into the lot and plant a cross because somebody fought the battle before you ever got here. Can I get an amen from somebody? So let me continue in this message. Exceptional victory. And let me tell you this. God wants you to have the heart of a conqueror. God wants you to have the heart of a conqueror. You. You. I mean, if you have to do this, do it. Look at somebody in your body and say, He's talking to you. Okay, go ahead. He's talking to you. God wants you to have the heart of a conqueror. Listen. God wants you to take new land. God wants you to have new victories. God wants you... To go in places where you've seen defeat and turn those defeats into victory. God wants to take you from glory to glory to glory. God wants to work in us to take us to new places, higher places, greater things. He wants to do greater things in the future than you've seen in your past. And we have this context in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and 7, where Moses says to Joshua, Here's what I gotta say to you, Josh be strong. And courageous. Be strong and courageous. Now, the rest of this about the possession of the land is powerful. You're going to take the people in, so you are going to allow them. Other people are going to possess things because you are strong and courageous. Do you get this? And Joshua is a conqueror. I mean, an uh, interesting thing about Josh, Joshua is that he had already been voted out once. Anybody ever been voted out before? Anybody? Like, you had the idea. We're going to do something great. And then... I mean, some folk, they don't know how to get with greatness. Okay, I got some amens right now. It's like, okay, you got got vision. Let me tell you all the reasons you can't do this. Okay, so Joshua had already been voted out. So this is what Joshua... Listen, 40 years ago, Joshua had been voted out. Joshua had done, he had participated in a million funerals. In that 40 years. He had buried the initial crowd of Israelites that had come out of Egypt. Save Caleb and Joshua. The rest, the rest, God raised up a new generation. Somebody shout new generation. Who would trust and believe in him. So Joshua keeps his faith through 40 years of... Ah, can't do that. No, can't do that. And has to build a new generation of... No. If God said it, that settles it. Anybody say an amen with me this, this morning? So, so I want you to get this. all right Because I don't know what's going on in your family. I don't know everybody's story. But let me tell you this. What happens to you is going to impact others. What you say yes to... Is going to positively impact somebody else. The things that you decide against, the fear that you embrace is going to impact your next generation. Or the faith that you declare is going to impact others. And it's not just your children. I don't have any kids. I don't have to worry about it. No, I'm talking about your sphere of influence. How many know we all have them, right? There are people that are watching you who will say at some time, you know, they did that. Maybe I could do that. There are individuals that are watching you in your trouble, in your difficulty, and watching you not give up, not quit, not lay down your sword, who are saying, you know, I think I'm going to pick up my sword and go to battle as well. You see, when you're strong for God, it has an effect. When you're strong for God at your workplace, you will affect the people that are there. Whatever we allow to conquer us conquers others because we were conquered. Whatever we do is not only going to impact us and our families, but it's impacting your nation. Come on. It's impacting your world. God will use you to transform the lives of people. He will give you wisdom. He will knock down walls. He will help you take new territory. And we need conquerors. When we think about our city, when we think about Virginia Beach and the seven cities area, we need individuals because you might say, well, you know, why Why do we need to, to be conquerors here? Well, you know, for one reason, we live in a military community. When our nation goes to war, we literally go to war. You know what I'm saying? Some people watch it on the newspaper, but we have waved farewell to our family and our friends and pray every... Come on. Anybody know what I'm saying? I mean, there was a day. There was a time. And I remember, I was thinking about some of the people that were here before. Anybody remember Ruby and Inky? That's Steve and Charlotte's aunts. Okay? They lived right down the corner. They were instrumental in bringing missions to this particular church. They were heavily involved in making sure that this church impacted the world. They impacted me. Well Ruby and Inky used to tell me that they used to go down to Rudy Inlet down the ocean front and on occasion they would see parts of ships. Or parts of aircraft actually wash up onto the shore. I don't remember those particular days. But I'm telling you there are some individuals who live in the city that understand that war is a reality. So I'm saying we need to pray for the city of Virginia Beach. We need to stand firm for the, the, the seven cities area, all of Hampton Roads. Because these families are on your doorstep. Also, we live in a wonderful area, but as wonderful as our metropolitan community is in these cities, there is poverty, there is crime, there is paganism, there is massive relational brokenness. You know what I'm saying? It is massive. And we are being impacted. Okay, hear me, hear me. Are you ready? We are being impacted by a culture that is not of God, that does not believe in God. I walked into J.C. Penny last week. J.C. Penney should be the most wholesome place in the world. But as I walked down the aisle, there in the middle of the aisle was a large monument of clothing with rainbows all over them shouting, love is love. Now, some of you might say, Pastor, you be careful. You don't hurt somebody's feelings right now. <laughs> Welcome to church. I'm not here to hurt anybody's feelings. But I know what the Word of God says. And if you're struggling with same-sex attraction, we absolutely love you. If you're struggling in adultery, we absolutely love you. But we love you enough to tell you the truth and take you by the hand and walk you out of your brokenness. Some people would say, no, Pastor, you don't understand the science. No, science has already proven what I've told you, all right? This has already been proven. And for those of you who say that people can't change, I got people in this house right now. Go ahead, lift your hand, Robin. Robin could testify. In fact, she was in D.C. with believers who had been set free by the power of Jesus Christ. And they all gathered around the Washington Monument and prayed and testified to the nation that it's still a possibility to be set free. Said, Pastor, you can't talk like that. You're in the United States. What? What? There's a cross down the road. All right. I, it was, and there's someplace called Cape Henry. Somebody planted a cross. So I have the ability to preach the truth. We love people no matter what their brokenness is. And if you've had an abortion, we want you to know that we love you. We want you to know we care for you and I can only imagine some of the things that you might be going through but I tell you we love you, we love you and we want to help you through all of the regret and help you through the pain but at the same time when the world is screaming that which is wrong is now right and holding hands and screaming that it's okay to take the life of the most defenseless child in the world. I have to lift up my hands and say I don't know what your politics is but I know what my faith is. It's in Jesus and the Bible says that he formed my inward parts. He knitted me together. Psalm chapter 139. He knitted me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. But please, if you're struggling, I know some good people down the road who help individuals in crisis pregnancy and this church right here, we have stood before and we will stand again with you so you don't have to make that choice. Amen. look. If you're pregnant and it's a difficult time, let me tell you, it only makes it more difficult when you abort the child. Am I preaching okay? Am I... I'm, look, I'm not taking a vote. I'm not running for office. I'm running for a well done right now. I I want to be strong. I want to be courageous. But we've lost our courage and we've lost our strength. And we're hiding. And we're like, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. I just don't want anybody to know. I just just make sure that nobody ever gets... I want to win people to Jesus. I won't tell them the truth. At what time did having faith become not being faithful? I, I don't. It's like saying, I'm, I believe in oxygen. I'm just not breathing breathing right now. I want to be faithful to the Lord. I want to be courageous in a time when it's not popular to be courageous. We have Christians that are afraid to say that they're Christians. Come on. We got people, we got our kids going to school. And we say, now don't you take your Bible. Don't you don't you pray. Make sure you don't. And you don't want to offend anybody. Folks, this is not a new thing. It's been happening since I was a kid. It just escalated. I still remember when a, when somebody brought Felicia aside when she was in high school and looked at her and said, you can't say God bless you in this speech because you might offend somebody. I'm telling you, that's the spirit of antichrist in these last days. Somebody shout. Shout the name Jesus. Shout the name Jesus. No, with courage, shout it, Jesus. And our schools are not our enemy. The enemy is the fear that's on the inside of us. Jesus. We somehow have fearfully become people that are not bold and courageous. And our children are being dominated by a culture that tells us we can be followers of Jesus without following him. We can follow anyone, and we're silent in our workplaces, and we're silent in our neighborhoods, and in the name of growing churches large, we've lost our vision of the kingdom of God. You know, look at all the people we have. They don't all serve Jesus, but they're all having a really good time. And I, I'm saying sometimes it's tears that need to be on the altar. You know, you, you understand. We have turned our swords and shields into cheap substitutes of carnality and compromise. This is not a time for fear this is a time for faith and courage and strength we have to overcome our fearfulness we must be overcomers come on if you can't lift your hands in the church house I'd be surprised if you'll lift your hands on anybody else's house we need to come in bold and walk out bold we need some bold and audacious Joshua Christians whether it's substance abuse or crime or broken homes, whatever it is, you need to be bold and audacious enough to say God can set this thing free. We need to be more than conquerors. We're we're not just here to talk about people who have died. We're talking about people who will not die without conquering. Come on, we refuse to be stopped in the face of obstacles that might overwhelm us. This is not just about me. It's about all of us. So you're going to make people uncomfortable if they start getting bold. I know. If you hang around me too long, you might end up getting delivered. Come on, that's how we have to be. We have to be with the people we 're sitting with, the people we spend time with. come on, you keep having lunch with me after at, at work you 're going to end up knowing all about Jesus you keep come on, you keep cutting my hair one day you 're going to find out all about. Jesus, you come on! You keep checking me out at the grocery store. You're gonna find out about Jesus. You come on! You keep hanging out in the same club. I'm hanging out, uh, running next to me on the treadmill. Sooner or later, you're gonna find out what my race really is all about. And eventually, you could become a conqueror. Come on, conquerors! Anybody want to be changed? Listen, never underestimate the size of your audience. I mean, you say, well, Pastor, you're just preaching to you know, a few hundred people today. I'm preaching to thousands of people. Because what I'm preaching to you, you're going to spit out somewhere else. Am I right? I'm gonna preach something to you and something you somebody's waking up right now and you know about the crowd that you ought to have spoken to a long time ago, but you've been said they don't even know. You're like a secret agent Christian. You know, I don't really want them all to know about me if they find out that I actually go to church. And then what if they do come to church and they see old Emory up there shouting and praising God and stuff? No, we actually live this. We actually believe praise is a weapon. We actually believe that Jesus is worthy. We ain't playing games here. We actually pray. And people are set free. And the devil is put to flight. And people get healed. We actually believe that you can be delivered by the power of the blood of Jesus. Jesus. I'm tired of the devil taking ground that's not his. I'm thinking revival. I'm thinking massive healing. I'm thinking people being set free. I'm thinking our children finally realizing that God is not just something they went to church and talked about, but actually a practical everyday opportunity to walk in power and victory. Here's what I believe. I don't know what you have heard. But listen, I believe the core of the people in this particular room are conquerors. I don't believe you came to church. For me to pacify you. I don't believe you came to this house. So I could just pat you on the back of the head and say. I know you're always going to be miserable. But we just want you to know we love you. I... Anybody done? Anybody just feel done sometimes? Yeah, you're going to be miserable the rest of your life. You ain't ever going to get over this. So, you know. There are, listen, there are people. That will mess with you and manipulate you. and pl- Am I right? They're, those folks actually exist in the world, alright? So if our task is only to make sure that everybody is comfortable, then let's just, you know, change this into a different kind of theater and get better seats, recliners. Come on. And let's just sing to you and make sure that everybody just pay, just, just buy a ticket to come. Do you see what I'm saying? I believe that God is, raised, is raising us up to be more than conquerors in a world that is broken. I want, I want to learn what it means to be totally victorious. And I want you to embrace the possibility of exceptional victory. And how you can receive exceptional victory. And, I, and, and I'm going to wrap this up just by teaching you about what this is. Just a practical, simple thing that could revolutionize your life. Are you ready? Alright, so I want you to know that you are stronger than you know. You are stronger than you know. How many believe the Bible? Anybody believe the Bible? How many believe the Bible is God's word? Anybody believe the Bible is God's word? How many believe that it is the truth? It's not a lie, all right? You don't need to go, well, you know, I know what the Bible says, but this is what I feel. It doesn't matter what you feel if the Bible says it, okay? Because you can believe a lie and be damned according to scripture. So don't don't believe lies, all right? So, Jesus, pastors all riled up today. So... You're stronger than you know. So again, looking at the scripture, Moses tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Underline that. Be strong and courageous. For you shall go out, go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. Uh, Now, one of my favorite stories that Preston loves to tell uh, in that book that he's written, it hasn't been published yet, but uh, it's just stories of life. And one of those stories is uh, about his first wrestling victory. When he was in middle school, it was one of my favorite stories—I have it on video. Uh, we are videoing and when he wins. It's like the camera goes, ah! "Okay," but he had not won. He was one of the little—he was one of the little kids, and He'd walk in, and the kid was always looking at him, you know, like that. And Preston's always looking up at him, and uh, he was—he was cute little boy. I know he's a great strong man. He's a great man of God. I don't want to belittle him in any way, but I'm his daddy as well. So. We would go, and you know, I was a wrestler in school. I wanted him to win, I wanted him to be victorious. I wanted because I want you're my boy, and you're gonna win. You know, (laughs) anybody ever felt that way? You know, it's like, win. So here we are, and here we are at this wrestling match that's taking place, and and uh. And this kid comes out, and here we go again. You know, He's you know, one of the youngest. He's got a starting position. I mean, he's better than anybody in his weight class at school, but not better than anybody else anywhere else. You know, He's lost, and he's lost, and he's lost, and, and he's lost. And then this one comes in, and, and this guy comes in, and they're wrestling, and they're going at it. And that boy grabbed him in a place that he didn't want to be grabbed. Can I get a brotherhood amen right now? Okay. And Preston just jumped up, and something clicked on the inside of him. And he looked over at that kid and there was strength in him that he had not connected with. And he ran over to that kid and he grabbed him and picked him and threw him down on the ground. And it was his first of the rest of the season victories. Anybody get me? It's when you realize there is, some, there is power inside of you that you don't know about. Is Anybody getting this? There is power inside of me that sometimes I don't. I don't turn, does that, anybody get in this? When you realize, it's kind of like praying. Some people, how many believe in prayer? Anybody believe in prayer? No, you don't. Sometimes we do, okay? It's like we believe in like quick prayers. We believe in 30 second prayers. We believe, no. But when you begin to realize that you can pray and heaven will move. Does anybody believe that? Or is prayer like, you know, buying a lottery ticket? I don't know, like one in two million chance of winning. No. God hears me every time I pray and answers me every time I pray. So why? Anybody understand what I'm saying? Sometimes our losses get too many headlines. I mean, when you come to church and something bad's happened, you know somebody's going to run up and say, let me tell you all the bad stuff. Now, I'm not saying that you can't share what the bad things are going. I'm just saying, why do our losses Have so many headlines. Why don't we have testimonies of God's power? Right? I mean I I can look around this room. And tell you about individuals. Who have been set free from so many things. I know you've had some bad days. And yes we have some painful stories. Sometimes we sometimes say. I am who God says I am. How many know that's the truth? But you're saying that while you're running. I am who God says I am. So, so these, are, these are some things you need to understand. God says, you are, you are strong and courageous. But you have to be that. I'm going to be strong and courageous. I don't feel strong and courageous. I didn't ask you how you felt. He says, I want you to be strong and courageous. Now, now watch how serious this is. All right? Have you ever had have you ever said to one of your children, "How many times do I have to tell you?" <laughs> all right? How many times? And the answer is till you get it. How many times? So watch. This is Joshua. Now watch the repetition. We see it in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7. But then look down to verse 23. In verse 23, the Lord commissioned Joshua the son of Nun. And the Lord says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. Okay, continue to read. Go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. The Lord says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. How is he he doing that? How is he going to... Provide that. He's going to be strong and courageous. And when their leader is strong and courageous, what are they going to be? You got that? He says... But then he says again, he starts by saying, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause those people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. And then he says, only be strong and very courageous. Okay, get it, Lord. Being careful to do accordingly to all the law that that Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Did you hear what he just said? He says, I want you to be strong and courageous. He says, only be strong and courageous. Now he's saying, I want you to be strong and courageous in the word. How many have been really strong elsewhere but not strong in the word before? So we take what God's word says and we're strong and courageous. How many believe God's word? Anybody believe God's word? How many believe there's power in God's word? Okay, then read it sometime. Here's another idea. Memorize it. And declare it. I mean, you, the, the last movie you watched, you, watch, you, you memorized all those words. All the pop songs, I mean, you, you know that cowboy song. <laughs> My horse, the name, I don't know it. I, 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 you see what I'm saying? The Lord, But the Lord's not done. He says this in verse 6 and 7. Go to verse 9. Here it is again. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So in God's commission... Not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. It's kind of like God is saying, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong. Be strong and courageous. Be strong. Hey, 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 back in the room. Be strong and courageous. What did you say? Be strong and courageous. I don't know what I'm doing. Be strong and courageous. I haven't ever fought battles like this. I haven't, I, you know, be strong and courageous. It's in scripture. When you see repetition, it means power. It magnifies it. So the Lord says it full, four times. How important is it for us to be strong and courageous? Look at Joshua 1 and 16. They answer Joshua. This is the people. Now the people join in. God has said it four times. Moses has said it. And now the people said, all you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, we will obey you. Only you be strong and courageous. What do you got to be? You got to be super smart. No, I want you to be strong. Come on, folks, this is going to heal somebody. People don't want to follow someone who is weak and helpless. How many have ever fought some battles? You're going to fight some battles in your home. Your place of employment, your neighborhood, you're going to you, you go through sometimes. I mean, the Ruben Owls were here this morning. How many know the Ruben Owls? You know, Robert and Carrie and their kids. Uh, two years ago, the Ruben Owls' house burned to the ground. And at the same time, he lost his job. It's like one of those Joe moments, like anything could go wrong, it did go wrong. Couldn't get another job. Ended up having to move out of the state in order to find a place. And it was like every place they went, everything just kept falling apart so here's the deal so what did he do well he got a job they got a house they moved back to Virginia Beach they're at church now they're part of freedom they want to get involved I mean I, I do you understand what I'm saying I'm saying there are times when things are, you know, when you're strong and courageous, when everything is going right and you're 20 points ahead. You see what I'm saying? I'm strong and courageous. No, it doesn't take strength and courage to sit back and watch the basketball game. Okay, it doesn't. It takes courage to pick up your sword and your shield and put your armor on and go into battle. When things are tough, I know it's tough. Listen, I don't know what you're going through. Look at me. God is saying, be strong. Not once, twice, three times, four times. He's saying, be strong and courageous. I don't know what's going to happen. I know you don't, but I want you to be strong and courageous. Amen. We must be strong because there are real battles. We must be strong because there, are, there is a real enemy. We must be strong because it is the key to our victory. And you say, well, that's an Old Testament teaching. We'll go to Ephesians chapter six and verse 10. Finally, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then he says, put on the armor. Put on the armor before. Look, it don't do any good to put on all the armor if you're not going to be strong and courageous. So I got all the gifts of the spirit. I know, but you won't wield any of the swords or shields. You're just kind of standing there and sitting in the background. Stop sitting in the background. If, If you got all these gifts of the spirit, do something with it. Make a stand for your home. I feel like a preacher today. Anybody with me? We need strong moms. We need strong dads. We need strong leaders. As a pastor, you need to pray for me that I'll always be strong. The staff has to be strong. Our walk with God, our, our strength has ramifications and consequences more than we can imagine. Strong and courageous parents will have strong and courageous leaders as their children. Now, let me show you how this works too, okay? Because I know about this. I know about it. Believe me, I know. Anybody ever struggled with anxiety or Anything like that, okay? Okay, so I'm not your doctor. I'm your pastor, okay? But you can tell your doctor I said this. Get this, get this. Anxiety will cause you to stop doing things that you need to do. Anxiety will cause you to back up when you need to walk forward. Can I get an amen from somebody? Anxiety will cause you To break out of relationships that you should be holding on to. And anxiety will move you into relationships that you should not be moving into. It will cause you to do things out of fear. Come on. Now, I got some medication for you. It's called be strong and courageous. But I don't feel strong and courageous. I didn't say feel strong and courageous. I said, be strong and go and do what your anxiety is telling you not to do. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody say choose strength. Choose strength. Now here's a quote. You'll like this quote. Strength grows in the moments when you think you can't go on, but keep going anyway. I want to say that again. Strength grows in the moments when you think you can't go on, but you keep going anyway. You look back, you say, Look at where I am now. Okay, okay, here we go. Finally, strength and courage is our battle cry. Somebody shout strength and courage. Shout it. Uh, last Wednesday, I taught you just the topic powerful words. Words have power. Wow, new words. How many know words have power? Anybody know that? So what's going on in your head? Power words or destructive words? Uh, I love the story of Joshua because it's kind of a Braveheart story. How many have ever seen Braveheart years ago? Anybody seen Braveheart? Wow, that movie. Wow. Freedom! Anyway. Uh, It is... The the beginning of the conquest of the promised land is about strength and courage. Now, if you go back to Numbers chapter 14, Numbers 14, you remember this story. The congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept all night, and the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into the land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So this is right after the 12 spies have went in and looked at the promised land and come back. And all but two of them say, look, it's really a nice land and it flows with milk and honey. It is a prosperous land. But the people are like giants, and there is no way we can defeat them. And uh, we're we're like grasshoppers in their sight. And so they stirred up the crowd with the negativity. And Joshua and Caleb were saying, look, we've seen them. And yeah, there's some pretty big folks there. But there's nothing impossible with God. We got this. And so it took them 40. Because of this, they never went into the promised land Everybody died except for Joshua and Caleb, Moses. All right. But did you hear what they wanted? They wanted to choose a leader to take them backwards. Don't choose a leader that will take you backwards. You say, well, I'm asking you who your leader is right now. Who is your leader? Because there is somebody that's speaking into your life right now, probably louder than I am. Who is your leader? Who are you really listening to? Who is it? That's, that, that is imposing their negativity upon you. Don't listen to them. Now, get this. It is a possibility that today you need to overcome some things because of decisions that you made 40 years ago. It is a possibility that you're having to overcome some things today because of a decision that somebody else made 20 years ago. Ten years ago. Five years ago. You can't move forward because this happened. And because this happened, I can't go into my place of promise. And you end up being stuck because of someone else's decision to say, I'm not going there. Does that make sense to anybody? I'm going to let that resonate with you for a moment. Listen. Don't let somebody's yesterday decision stop you from obtaining all the good things that God has promised you. Do you hear me? There are those of you that you would be relationally so much different. You would be so much more whole. There would be so much more power in your life. But you can't live in yesterday's bad decisions for the rest of your life. Today, come on, this is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the moment when you just shake your head. Say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to die in the wilderness. God has promises for my life. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to step forward into the destiny that my God has promised me. Now don't get this wrong because you will. the devil will even play with the scripture with you. He will mess with you. How many know scriptures like this in Psalm 46? God is our refuge and strength. God is what? He's our refuge and strength. Or I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Or Jeremiah 16, O Lord, my strength and my stronghold and my refuge in the day of distress. To you, the nations will come from the ends of the earth and say our fathers have inherited nothing but falsehood, futility, and things of no profit. I won't go into the context of all of this, but you do know in Psalms that David is a warrior. Anybody know that? So this is what we think when we think refuge. and God is my refuge and my fortress. Ah, God! that's not what it is that's not what he's talking about God is my refuge right where I am he is my fortress do you know where God is? he's on the front line somebody shout amen if you know what I'm saying you're trying to run you're retreating to God don't retreat to God run forward to God God is in the place of strength. God is in the place of courage. I I want you to hear this. God is not a God of retreat. God is a God of strength and courage. This is a new day. These people are not going back to the wilderness. So so much of our lives is taken up in the way that we retreat. So I'm just waiting on God. God just waiting on the Lord can I tell you first of all you have mistaken what the word waiting means because if you if you if you discover the word wait when the Bible talks about waiting on him waiting have you anybody ever been to a restaurant before Did somebody wait on you it's called serving waiting on the Lord is serving God not sitting on your sofa Playing games on your phone all day. Amen. It's all right to have a game on your phone. But some of, some of us use it for medication so that we don't have to think about Jesus. Am I right? Am I right about this? I mean, we're I mean, I yes, there are alcoholics, but we can always find something to help us inebriate ourselves. I mean, you're binging in order that you don't have to stand up and do something for the kingdom of God. Amen. Jesus. Alcohol. I'm, I'm just, I'm in a relationship and I just, you know, we just love one another. And, okay. I appreciate that. But don't you think that maybe you ought to pursue a godly relationship with someone Don't you? How many? Is that still the truth? Is that still the truth? Because your relational brokenness that you are not contending with, you are passing on to your children. So as long as they're happy, show me that in the Bible. God's not so into your happiness as he is into your righteousness. Eventually, we need to get vocal about our victory. Okay, I, I I I keep threatening to finish this message. Whoa. Okay, let me finish this, okay? Get vocal about your victory. So here, here's, here's Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, Joshua, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. That's the word of God all the way through the New Testament. How many have ever read that before? Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do everything according to the law of Moses. Joshua 1 and 9, have I not commanded you? What? Be strong and courageous. Joshua 1 and 10, and Joshua commanded the officers of the people... Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people. He's being strong and courageous. Prepare your provisions for within three days. Three days? Really? Come on, Joshua. Yes, three days you're going to pass over Jordan to go and to take possession of the land that the Lord your God has given you to possess. To possess. Yeah. So, somebody shout strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. We should uh, look at this scripture again in Joshua 1. Go back to Joshua 1, verse 1. and uh, So... Here's here's what happened. Okay. Somebody say this. Rock. Rock. Kazakh. 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 Amats. Say it. Rock. Rock. Kazaks. Amat. Amat. I think it's up there somewhere. Say it. Rock. Rock. Kazakh. Kazakh. Amats. Again. Rock. Rock. Kazakh. Kazakh. Amats. Okay. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Okay. What I just said is be strong and courageous. It's the ancient Israelite battle cry. The ancient Israelite battle cry. It is the sound of the strength of the spiritually zealous heart. As they went into battle, they would cry out, Be strong and courageous! It would set the enemy on their heels. Be strong and courageous! I know we might be outnumbered, but we are strong and courageous! You are not having my family. You are not going to have my children. This land that that, that we are passing on, God has promised it to us. I'm going to be strong and courageous. They shout it for themselves. They shout it for the people next to them. They shout it so the enemy will realize we are not here simply by our own strength. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Be strong. Be strong. It is, to them, it is rock Kasaks. It's like the word socks. K-socks. Rock kasaks. It's the sound of the strength of the spiritually zealous heart. So you don't know what's inside. You don't know who you're messing with right now. You don't really know that I am a child of God. I, I don't know how to walk in fear. I'm gonna walk in strength and I'm gonna walk in courage. Amats, courage, courage, amats. Unwavering and unyielding confidence before the field is ever taken. Courage. You ever seen somebody with confidence? Anybody ever seen somebody who's confident? You say, that person's overconfident. Well, what's your issue? You think your lack of confidence is making you better? I'm not talking about Arrogance. I'm saying, I know who I am. I know that Jesus is alive. I know that even if I die, I still get to live. I know that God has a plan for my life. I'm confident. I'm confident. Just because I know you're you're looking at all of this and that and the other. And I'm saying, I looked at the end of the book and I found out I know who opens all the seals. I, I know Jesus. I know that my Redeemer lives. I am fully persuaded it's it's acts two kind of stuff it's it's with one hundred and twenty guys and gals that are in the upper room and some of them are uneducated fishermen they're just folks who happened to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, they saw that he rose, they saw that he ascended, and he promised, he said, I want you to go and tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high, and there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house that they were sitting, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance, and they came flooding out of the upper room into the streets, and people said what's wrong with these guys? They're drunk. And Peter stood up and he said, these men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And these guys turned their world upside down and they gave their lives. They would get arrested and they would just praise God and the jails would fly open and they would get the jailer saved and start a revival. You see this? We're just afraid. What if something bad happens? What if people don't like me? What if, what if, what if I don't get a good job? What if, what if I'm hated? What if I go to jail? What if, my, what if I don't have a good retirement plan? What if you obey the word of God and you are strong? And you were strong and you were courageous and you decide not to live another day in fear. Say, well, you know, my husband doesn't want to pray. Grab his little weak hand (laughs) and sit down with him and open your Bible. Say, we're going to read today and pray. My children, they're just not all into Jesus. You wake them up for school. Wake them up. As for me and my house, Joshua said, you choose this day who you will serve. But as I can make a decision for my house, we will. You receive anybody receiving what I'm preaching? Somebody shout, be strong strong. and courageous and jump up to your feet. Praise God. Come on. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise God. I feel heaven in this house. Come on. <sighs> Altar ministry, come and stand here. Come on, ministry. These are good people. Ready to anoint you. Get some oil handy. Get ready to anoint people. Go to battle. Anybody tired of the enemy taking things that don't belong to him? Anybody tired of that? Wave at me. Anybody tired of it? Wave at me. Now listen. We're not messing around here. We're, this, is what, this is what God wants. Get this. Hear me. Some of you are going through battles right now. So today is the beginning of a new attitude, a new spirit. And everybody, I got all our workers up here. Praise God. Spread out. All right. So I want people, I want all of you, I, and some of you don't even know what's going through. Everybody shout, be strong and courageous. This is your battle cry. This is your battle cry. Be strong and courageous. Shout it. Just, just say, rock cassocks. Say it. Shout it. Rock cassocks. Shout it. Rock cassocks. People are going to think you're crazy if you yell that. All right, but rock cassocks. It kind of sounds like rock your socks off, all right? It kind of sounds like that. Rock your socks. Be strong and courageous. All right? I don't know what you're facing, but I want to anoint people today. I want to pray for people. Some of you need prayer. Some of you are going through it right now. Wave at me. Where are you? Some of you are going through it right now. Wave at me. Wave at me. Get your hand up in the air. Just wave. I'm going through it right now, okay? Some of you, I just want to anoint and pray for you. We're just going to pray for you. You're going to come up. You're going to look at some of these people for prayer. And you're say, I don't know what I'm up here for. All right. But I don't want. I, this is the way I want you to come. I'm going to count to three in a moment. All right. I want you to shout, be strong and courageous. And I want you to get yourself out of your seat. And I want you to come up here. And we're just going to anoint you and pray for you. Are you ready? I want as many people as will come. Ready? One, two, three. Be strong and courageous. Start coming up to the front. Come on. Come on down. Come on down. On down, on down. There you go. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I got plenty of room. I got plenty of room. Come on, come on. Rock, kusaks. Rock, kusaks. Come on. Okay, I squeeze all in. Some of you might have to split up in order to pray. So, help them on. Karen, just help them all on in this area. Okay. Sing a little. Somebody sing. Somebody. Everybody, look at me. Look at me. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord lift His countenance upon you and be gracious to you. Uh, May the Lord give you healing and strength. When you leave this place, may you walk in authority and in power. May you walk in strength and courage in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you all. You, after we pray, you may be dismissed. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless you all. I'll see you all. Worship this coming Sunday. This coming Wednesday.